0: Hi, this is James Alventure. Thank you for listening to Eric Cabral's Entrepreneur Circle on uh, this episode.
1: There's nothing wrong with automating a lot of processes, but we forget that humans sell products to humans that buy products from humans, and then humans renew, and humans refer, and humans. Ultimately, we're here to serve other humans, all the automation with all the junk in your mail. If you can personalize your approach, one human to another, it actually works in your advantage that everybody's doing it the wrong way.
0: Hey there, folks, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Circle, where we built a community that shares lessons learned throughout our journeys, celebrate wins, our eureka moments, and embrace the F word, meaning failure. Which I've come to realize that failure is success in progress. I'm Eric Cabral, your host, a husband, a father of two brilliant girls, and I've been called a heart-centered entrepreneur by my peers and mentors. My mission in life is to make the world a better place one mic at a time. So I'm happy and humble to have you join in on that mission. And I hope that by the end of the show, we would have added value in your life. So if you're ready to jump into the circle, let's get to it. I'm so glad you're here because I don't often get the opportunity to share with you exactly what I do and what we do here at On Your Brands. So we help the folks in our community and our clients to launch a podcast and then produce them on a weekly basis. We also help to promote each episode with close to a dozen social media posts that consist of quote cards, sound bites, and video clips, and then we post them for you on your socials automatically. So if you're a business owner with a ton on your plate and a podcast just seems super overwhelming, I get it. We don't need one more thing to worry about. So let me and my team at On Air Brands do the heavy lifting each week so that you can focus on what you do best, which is to build your business, have more time to pour into your family and your community, or just plain chill and recharge. So feel free to email me at eric at On Air Brands so that we can book time together to chat about how we can align with your mission and how you can align with ours, which is to make the world better. One mic at a time. Now back to the show. Um, boom, hitting record in three, two. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle. I'm your most happy and humbled host, as usual. I have an amazing and highly intriguing. You know what, dude? I don't like the word interesting. To me, that is a cop out. I stop using that word. But I say intriguing because I am intrigued by this person and this individual that I'm going to share with you today. Tons of value, tons of knowledge, tons of things that you can learn. So I'm excited to have Ben Albert on the show. How you doing, brother? Dude, I'm excited.
1: I'm intrigued to talk to you. Uh, that's why I had you on my podcast. That was a great conversation. And I'm, yeah. I'm really humbled to be here with you today.
0: Dude, this is uh, this a... Friendship in the making, blossoming in front of everyone's eyes because they're going to hear your episode on on your show, um, and then they're going to listen to this show, and it's going to be like it's going to be like a, a Star Wars epic episodic <laughs> experience. Let's me. go, let's go! <laughs> but guys, if you don't know who Ben is, he's the owner of Balbert Marketing. He's also the curator of the Real Business Connection Network, where he hosts five five podcasts, and once was an underdog, now a successful entrepreneur. Ben is passionate about helping other underdogs achieve their dreams. He's on a mission to move the needle, one million careers, one conversation at a time. And he's also also the host of the Real Connections podcast, which we referenced already. So yes, again, brother, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I am excited because um, you, this is one of those connections speaking of uh, that doesn't typically happen uh, often in my world. Like people spam the heck out of me on LinkedIn. It's ridiculous. And I put out a post about it because I was frustrated. And I said, hey, if you're gonna post or reach out to people on LinkedIn, maybe you should try this way. And somehow Universal (laughs) Magic uh, brought you to me, responding in a way that was almost like you saw my content. And I asked you, I'm like, hey, do you respond to my content? You're like, no. I didn't see it. I was like, holy crap, because you are the exact person that I was looking for. Someone that knows how to use LinkedIn. So- (laughs) um, Thank you. Before we get into your eureka moment, Mm. can you talk about a little bit about that, man? Because that LinkedIn relationship that we built is the way people should actually communicate and um, use LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, so I, I believe in automation. I believe in efficiency. There's nothing wrong. With automating a lot of processes, but we forget that humans sell products to humans that buy products from humans and then humans renew and humans refer and humans ultimately we're here to serve other humans and there's so much automation linkedin it, we're talking about right now just automated messages sending out hey i see you're a business owner who's been in business i hold, i uh, promote podcasts on apple itunes would you like me to promote podcast apple itunes ah, link send me link 14 days free it's like ah dude Humans, even when you have SaaS products, even when you have software as a service, it's created by a human for a human. So with all the ads, all the ads on T-shirts, all the ads on all the videos you watch, having to pay not to have ads, all the automation, we lose our humanity a little bit, which actually makes it better for people that are actually willing to take the time to craft a unique message, which Eric, it takes me 45 seconds max to do Mm -hmm. actually one by one create, um, craft messages with all the spam, with all the automation, with all the junk in your mail, if you can personalize your approach, one human to another, it actually works in your advantage that everybody's doing it the wrong way. Mm. I hadn't seen that Instagram talking about it, but it. That was a eureka moment. Just watching your Instagram, seeing that other people out there are treating relationships like a human-to-human experience, not a transactional, automated experience.
0: Yeah. Where where do you think it's gone wrong? Like, when are 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 there people teaching courses? Are there people actually recommending that that strategy of just like blasting people with the same exact message over and over and over? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love
1: the. Mm. um, Well, I love the line. One of my mentors, Brad Lee, says, "The more hands you shake, the more money you make." Mm. The concept is more equals more, and I can't disagree. More actually does equal more. More uh, options, more messages equal more connections, more this and that. However, it doesn't always convert. Mm. So. The more equals more doesn't always work if it's not converting, but it's true. The more hands you shake, the more opportunity you have. The more cold calls you make, the more opportunity with someone who doesn't know who you are to pick up that phone. But the question is, are you making that cold call with a research personalized message or is a machine doing it for you? Mm -hmm. I feel like, again, we're taking the humanity out of it. We're just trying to spray and pray And we can spray less and pray less and actually attract the right people by being a little more patient, being more observant, being more humane and having real conversations with people.
0: Yeah, yeah. You and I are cut from the same cloth in terms of our marketing philosophy in that I would rather have like 10 quality conversations that take time out of my day. Versus, you know, sending out a hundred to a thousand uh, know, potential conversations, where maybe I'll convert one of them to have, uh, you know, a chat with me like this. Uh, but, dude, let's get into you and your story and a eureka moment that came through your life. Yeah, a, and yeah. I can give you
1: as much of my story as you want, but we'll just dive right into the eureka moment. Yeah. Um. So, was in a sales executive role was doing just fine. Then COVID hits, boom, I'm furloughed for reasons that I can't, I have nothing to complain about. I wasn't making sales and our product was hard to fulfill because it required a lot of travel. Um, So there wasn't a place for me at the company in the middle of COVID. I'm miserable. I'm drowning myself in drinking and just sadness and blaming everybody. And my Eureka moment is quite literally the laptop we're on right now, Um, I actually already had all this equipment. I had a music podcast well before I ever started my business, started my business podcast, so on and so forth. My eureka moment was that, and it doesn't work in every industry. It's not perfect. uh, It's not one size fits all. But as a marketing firm, specifically a digital marketing firm with a sales and marketing digital background, all I needed was quite literally this laptop and this camera right in front of me. And I could start a business that's very agile for cheap. So my eureka moment was I'm selling this product that honestly, I did not believe in. Mm -hmm. My conviction was starting to go down. I'm selling and fulfilling this product at low conviction. When I can actually go and do this for myself as an entrepreneur, take on more risk with much higher reward, and I have all the gadgets I need already in my belonging in my guest bedroom here. So yeah, COVID was really eye-opening because Eric, I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur. I don't have a bunch of entrepreneurs on my wall. That's not how I envisioned my life, Mm. but COVID kind of pushed me into that. And then I went into that pain now I have a successful company, but it, yeah, man, it it a lot of its luck, a lot of its strategy, but the Eureka is all you need was literally right in front of me here today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Most people, if not everyone at this point, anyone who's listening to this anyway, has some bit of tech uh sort of experience where, you know, you have a laptop, you have a computer, you have a phone, especially. Uh you can start a business and and do something other than, you know someone else's wealth, building someone else's product and service and promoting that. Uh, so yeah, thank you for that eureka moment. Uh, that, that's that's massive, dude. And uh, congratulations on taking the step and taking the risk because uh, not everyone does it, right? 99% of people won't do it. Um, so yeah, give us a little bit more of the history. Uh, so you, you were in sales, you are in sales, we're all in sales. Um, but then how did you begin to identify, okay, here are my strengths. Uh, here's some of my weaknesses and, and, and begin to leverage, you know, your relationships to build, to build, um, Albert marketing.
1: It took a really long time. It took forever. Um, and without giving the whole life story, but just giving you the bullet points, I was a quiet kid. I barely opened my mouth the first, first 13 years of my life. I was very reclusive I was quite literally the smallest boy in school. The only one smaller than me was a little girl, Olivia Lee. Um, so I was a quiet kid who was short and quite literally would make themselves smaller, mm-hmm. which didn't help that I dreamed of being a basketball player one day and I was watching like Vince Carter slam dunk competitions <laughs> doing 360 spins and stuff. That's who I wanted to be, but that's exactly who I wasn't because I didn't have the the size or the genetics to actually reach to that level. So. Needless to say, my basketball career never actually came to fruition, (laughs) Um, but around high school time, my saving grace was finding music and creative types in the music industry because I always was a curious, creative person, and I found that in music – I loved playing music, but I wasn't the best musician. I know this – I didn't know this at the time. I know this today, but I had a sweet spot for the management and the promotion end of things. So I was the one creating like MySpace pages for bands. I was the one handing out flyers. Mm -hmm. Um, There are certain bands that are local that literally like a tenth of our school had the T-shirt because me and a few people were just going around promoting this band like crazy and building little tribes locally around the music industry. So what I've learned over time is that growth, part of it comes from being so small, but just curiosity and growth orientation, growth is huge for me. Connection's huge for me because I didn't feel super connected when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love to have fun, whether that's sports, music, podcasting, business, I love to have fun. So this lends well to finding a role in marketing, which I never dreamed of when I was a kid. Finding a role in marketing where I have a unique opportunity to to take a great business person, a great company, a great idea, amplify them just how I amplified bands, inject steroids in everything they do, and kind of hold them by the hand and be their partner, taking them to wherever they're looking to go. So it's funny how now today, again, it took me forever, I look back on different storylines in my life. It was all based around building community, having fun, and growing something. So now today, I have a great opportunity where I get to quite literally do that. I get to promote people through the podcast, learn and grow from brilliant people, get to highlight great people, build my business while doing it by bu- building their business is how I build my business. And conversations like this are fun, man. Yeah. So, For me, it was figuring out what I valued later in life, realizing how these values just came up all throughout my life. And now my goal, Eric, is just to live in alignment with those values. And this is a pro tip. Once you understand those values, all my marketing messaging is based around those value sets. So I'm hoping to attract people like me to do business with people that we can be partners in it. So if I talk about fun, growth, community building slash connection, and I find other people like that, I can build a book of business and a marketing company around those value sets.
0: Have you ever felt like a lone wolf in life, unable to engage in chats around the barbecue since you're doing things that aren't the norm? Enter GoBundance, a place for driven entrepreneurs, CEOs, or investors who want to experience world-class adventure, bucket list trips, high-minded conversations, authentic relationships, and an environment to learn and grow with like-minded individuals, where you're able to share in all of your successes, your struggles, ambitions, and even your failures without being judged. It's the best place for men and women to come together to live epic lives and to grab life big. If you want to learn more about GoBundance, go to goabundance.com and apply to be in the tribe. And I hope to see you at the next virtual or live event. We've spoken, you know, in the past about adding value, which, which I, that term is becoming sort of cliche. But if, yes, if, if you truly understand what that means, you know, which is don't ask first, right? try to figure out how you can help somebody before they help you, and just trust in that process. Um, it, it works, right? The Go-Giver is a great example. If anyone has ever read that book, highly recommend um, reading it again. But yeah, can you talk about your approach, especially, um, I love what you do on LinkedIn. I'm trying to become more of a power player in LinkedIn intentionally, uh, because Facebook for many, many years, a lot of us, that's 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 been around for 100 years, so now, we have followings, we have enough people there, but not everyone is there to do business, right? Not everyone is there that is a potential client. So can you talk about sort of the platforms and is LinkedIn one of your go-tos to help you build your business?
1: LinkedIn's my favorite, hands down. It does help that I'm a B2B marketing company. So my My potential clients and networking opportunities do live on LinkedIn, which is very different than if I was like a B2C beauty product, then I'd be focusing more on TikTok and Instagram or maybe Pinterest. Um, I like LinkedIn because I was getting very just bloodshot and frustrated with Facebook, Um, even Instagram, which I, I love, all the fake it till you make it posts and acting like reality's different than it is and picking up a hammer and you know after post a rally you know social unrest post rally showing up with a hammer taking some sexy photos then leaving but not actually helping the people involved mm-hmm. I was getting just very dystopian about social media and when I had first got on LinkedIn it was look for for look for a job after I'd been furloughed. Hmm. And I quickly found through connecting with people on LinkedIn that it was just a different narrative. Um, There's your profile photo. You can post photos, but it's not like a stream of scrolling through photos. There's not like a photo album. It's very much like what's relevant in a business and personal development context. And I believe what you take in is what you put out. So just I became obsessed with just the growth orientation of the people I were following on LinkedIn and my ability to find podcast guests, my ability to network. It's hilarious. My birthday was in June, um, but the, the day before my birthday at like 8 p.m., I get three messages all saying happy birthday. Because I had been networking with people from Australia and they're actually from the future. So at, at 8 p.m., I was getting happy birthday messages from the future. So it's like my birthday was longer than, like, I'm, my birthday was basically two weeks long as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Um, so yeah, from a personal growth and just a happiness, I love LinkedIn, but I love it for the networking aspect, the connection aspect, the ability that the world just continues to get smaller where I can meet somebody that I would have never met before, then get on a zoom call with them. And then before, you know, it, you're getting happy birthdays from the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you had a very specific strategy. I love the future and I, and I love Australia, (laughs) um, you had a very specific approach and, and I wanna help those and myself as well to to potential other approaches that you may implement. Uh, but the one that you used for us to connect this way was you literally engaged with some of my content. Um, and, and one of those were, was a podcast episode or two and you gave me feedback on it. And you said, hey, I love this. You know, this book was recommend. I can't remember exactly what you said, but it was clear. You know, you at least scan through it and listen to some, you know, large portions of it, if not the whole thing. And then you set up, hey, is there anything else, any other episodes that you recommend I listen to? And I was like, oh, man, I was like, this guy's good? Huh? And then it made me think about my stuff and my content so that I can provide more value to you, who is clearly in- interested in my stuff. So then that started the conversation. And then you're like, inter- then you invited me to your podcast, right? Wonderful vehicle to build relationships. If people, you know, hey, spoiler alert, folks, if you haven't figured that out yet, podcasts create relationships. Um, But you're one of the very few that I didn't know outside of my network, you know, and you did it right. You did it well on LinkedIn. So that strategy right there, I know you could peel the layers back. Mm -hmm. uh, But if you have any more that you could share, man, I'd love to hear.
1: So I'm going to give you – and this is going to be about podcasting, but I believe you can utilize a strategy like this in any category. I'm just going to tell you exactly what I did, and I'll give you the booking guests, and I'll give you the getting on podcast. We can call it a strategy, but really it's about building relationships and making connection. Um, You really can strategize your way into that. You need to actually care, but – When I first started my podcast, I went super freaking hyper local because, again, all I had was my eureka moment that I had a laptop, started reaching out to people. But I didn't have any clients. I didn't have connections. I was a music guy who honestly had a drinking problem, and most of my clients in my previous firm were national. They weren't local. Um, So it was a really difficult where do I start in the sea of sameness. There's a lot of marketing companies. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I went super, super, super niche, but I did niche by proximity. So I started a show called Rochester Business Connections. Nowadays, we have five segments, but it all started with Rochester Business Connections, which we mentioned is now Real Business Connections. Still have Rochester Business Connections, but I went Rochester, New York. I'm born and raised here. I know the community. I am a SUNY Brockport alumni. So what I did is I was reaching out to SUNY Brockport alumni business owners in Rochester. Very specific. And so the message was so simple. I'll just use your name. Eric, congrats on making it big time. I see I went to SUNY Brockport as well. I just launched my business and I'm looking to launch a podcast. I don't have a name for it yet, but I'm thinking like, Rochester wins or business connect or Rochester business connections. I'd love to have you on the show. You seem like you're really doing value in the community. And not everybody's going to respond to a message like that. Not everyone checks LinkedIn. However, the people that responded to the, it was an, an emphatic yes, like this person's from here. We have similarities and I want to put my chips on him because there isn't a Rochester business podcast and I want to be a part of it. Mm. So I started building hyper-local, but my strategy was to lean into things i already knew i'm I'm an alumni i'm local i understand podcasting because i had a music podcast let's bring people in we we did a 22 episode launch in november of 2020 so we did an episode a day monday through friday the entire month and then those 22 episodes and the nominations and the feedback i got from those guests if you were to look at a networking family tree it all starts with like 10 people And I've met so many people from that one strategy. So that's a podcast launch strategy. But launching anything, reach out to people that you're similar with, edify them, make them feel really good about themselves, bring them on board as a partner, and don't ask for anything that's going to cost them money. If anything, you're asking for their time, but you're going to over-deliver in the time spent in the product you create for them and the people in their audience. So- That's one half of it. Do we want to go into guesting or do you have any questions on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, aside from us both being from New York, um, I've never fully realized until you were talking about it i did the same freaking thing dude oh like, cool man it was what'd you do all local i mean i'm gonna get into it um, <laughs> but but people who know my story like it was all local like i was doing live interviews we talked about this on your show maybe after uh you turned the cameras and the mics off but i would do interviews on the street uh, at, at events and that's what sort of built built the network you, you did it through your podcast virtually because you had to i was doing your back in 2018, 17, 18, and I was able to do it live. But I would have been you, act- absolutely, in 2020, doing the interviews. But yeah, so you built your local network. You started to build a reputation, started to gain confidence through your service, you deliver your product, and getting clarity, I'm sure, on this. 100%. Yeah, so as I'm talking started-
1: if, As we get specific, I'm talking to my target market. I'm talking to business owners that- Potentially need marketing, so go on. It's I'm learning. I'm doing discovery as I get to create content for people.
0: Yeah, it's amazing to that you know you you went in and you knew exactly what you were doing. I mean, while it was happening, um, but it's 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 great because you're able to share with the audience here um, who may not know where to start. Right? It's so overwhelming if you got the whole world. You got Australia from the future. You know it, that you could serve, but no hyper-focused, knowing your niche, knowing your your area, being able to reach out um, with something very relatable. Like, hey, I know you, we're alum, we're the same people. It's any network, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we're members of the same group. Hey, let's have a conversation. So yeah, talk about um, more about the LinkedIn strategies um, when, when when you approach people and then how it relates to potentially guesting or asking people to be a guest.
1: Yes. So my guesting strategy is is I'm trying to get on a million podcasts in two days. It's not possible. But um, I just said, um, but for the most part, I'm, if you were to listen to me five years ago, if you're listening to to me five months ago, I'm a completely different human just because I've put in reps, one as a host and two as a guest. So getting on podcasts, allow me to refine my messaging learn from brilliant people, talk to brilliant people, meet brilliant people, uh, and get the word out about what I do. So I love guesting, and it's my number one focus in the past year, getting on as many podcasts as possible, but not just, oh, I'm going to get on the podcast and leave, adding as much value, building a relationship with the host, creating a larger network through not just hosting, but guesting. Now, a lot of people are going to be like, I don't have time for this, and you might not. I believe it is going to take a little bit of time. You're going to put in the proper work. But what I do, again, is anytime I listen to a podcast on both ends, I reach out to the host and the guest every single time, unless I thought the podcast was trash and I have nothing nice to say. So um, who was it that was on your podcast?
0: I know. I mentioned you asked me for recommendation, and I recommended Mark Henteman, who's the uh, co-producer. Did I listen to an episode of your show first? Family Guy. You you listened to a couple episodes. I'm trying to feedback, but uh, yeah.
1: the The episode doesn't matter. I just wanted yeah. to bring it up so people could listen to it. But for example, um, I'm interviewing Chris Van Vliet, and he's a big shot. Insights with Chris Van Vliet, like 500 million views on YouTube, big shot. So I'm doing research. So I'll listen to Chris on three to five podcasts. Then when I listen to the podcast, I'll reach out to the host and say, "Hey, I listened to your podcast with Chris." Here are three takeaways, and i 'm writing these takeaways down anyways, because I'm doing research. Why not let the host know that I listened and I care about them and I appreciate them so if I'm doing research, I do that, or if i 'm just listening to a podcast that I listen to every single day again i'll reach out to the guest and be like, "Hey, you did a great job. I want to make people feel good about themselves, and then the next thing for the host and what I did with you is I ask for recommendations because I went from you know, a little bit of research, just listen to you on accident to let's learn a little bit more. But the here, the key here is I could have just been, Eric, I'm looking to guest on a, I started with this even, I probably shouldn't. I'm trying to amplify my voice, be a better speaker and guest on as many podcasts as possible. You have a great podcast with great people on it. Will you give me a platform to make myself look good? Ugh, that's just <laughs> icky, dude. Like it's most people. Yeah. And that is most people. We started with this in the start. I didn't even know we'd kind of circle back around. Most people do one thing. That's why if you do the other Mm. thing, the human approach, you're going to stand out. So I quite literally do listen to the first episode, ask for a recommendation, listen to the recommendation. And now I have done my service that potentially, if you think I'm a good fit, I'd love to offer To be on your show, I'd love to be on the show. However, it's not just about getting on the show because I might not be a good fit, and then I can just move on (laughs) to the next one and still build a relationship. Someone Mm -hmm. said I only have C-suite executives that are bringing in a revenue of fifty million a year. I was like, holy (laughs) crap! I haven't even seen fifty million dollars in my life. I'm not a good (laughs) fit for your show, but I didn't lose time listening to the podcast Mm -hmm. because I learned a ton of stuff listening to the podcast. So that's my guesting approach. It's again, doing pre-research, making people feel good about themselves, being ready, deserving a spot on their show. And after doing the research, connecting, then offering the possibility, knowing that you might not be a good fit, abundance, there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts, and enjoying even if you weren't a good fit, because you got to learn. Yeah. I've never said that all out loud before, but I'm literally <laughs> just like all the <laughs> gears are running of that's it's not like I have this process that is not written down, Eric. Yeah. I do that naturally. Yeah. And by doing it naturally, I make natural connections with great people like you. It's good, man.
0: I appreciate you. When you reach out though to the host and the guest, do you primarily use LinkedIn to reach out? Yes. Okay.
1: Because for what it's worth, my Instagram and Facebook audience Stinks. There's not much engagement. I have built up a good foundation on LinkedIn, which does serve as a business card, kind of like in my my LinkedIn helps sell me, so I don't have to try to sell myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I'm very focused on LinkedIn, I actually like to connect with people that are also focused on LinkedIn. Um, because if you are a Pinterest guru, our audience might not actually be aligned. Mm-hmm. So most of my guests have a link, all my guests have a LinkedIn, and most of the podcasts I guest on, my goal is to build both of our LinkedIn's out.
0: Yeah. yeah. Awesome, dude. You've mentioned to me, and, and, and we could tie this in and keep it into the, you know, either LinkedIn or the podcasting space, but it all connects because it's marketing. Uh, but you mentioned um, multiple times, not just on this show, but then um, on, on previous shows and conversations, uh, your mentor or one of your mentors or coaches, Brad Lee, and 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 you are big, a big proponent as I am creating micro content, creating, you know, eduta- educational edutainment type of content. So can you speak about some of your approach to that?
1: Yeah, well, first off, find your sweet spot. Um, I stole this line from Bradley, but there is no key to success. It's a combination lock. Mm, We all have our own combination. When you use a fingerprint scanner, unless Eric were to cut my finger off and duct tape it to his finger, his finger's just not going to work on my finger-protected stuff. So don't just do what I say find what's best for you. I am not always super a fan of short form video. There's a lot of editing into videos that sometimes bomb, and it's just not my sweet spot. So where I create micro content is when we do show notes for the podcast, we pull out some of the best quotes, and I turn those quotes into images. So my focus And LinkedIn loves images. So my focus is posting an image with a synopsis and then a link for the long-form conversation. Other people might want to create Instagram Reels, TikTok, create shorts. It really depends on your sweet spot. I like the long form and I use imaging and a big part of what we do is graphic design and content marketing. I use that imaging to attract people into the long form or the image itself can create a aha moment and get a like just for that. But I just want to be transparent that I stink at short term video, my Instagram is very small, humble. My TikTok's very humble, but I've doubled down on where I'm good at, which just happens to be the LinkedIn platform.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Self awareness is key, man, and you seem to have a ton of it, which which Too is why you're successful, Too man. Much, it's dude. great, man. <laughs> Most people lack that, um, and it's it's critical uh, in just life, not even just business, but everything. Um, So, yeah, let's get into the last segment of the show and and start talking about embracing the F word, meaning failure. So where is a lesson learned that you can share with others so they don't have to fall on their faces? Dude, it's funny because I feel like I fall on
1: my face for a living. (laughs) (laughs) And I was... You talked about self-awareness. I was judging myself as I spoke. I'm like, "Ben, you sound very formulaic. You sound very tactical." Like, it wasn't tactical. I came to these realizations on the back end. I sent a lot of crappy messages that people didn't respond. I've put up a lot of posts that have completely bombed. And more than anything, um my father died of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And I got into the music scene and drank pretty much my entire life on a regular basis. And while I was drinking, I had that fun, but I also had the growth mindset. So I'm listening to podcasts. I'm reading books. I'm reading articles. I start to talk about the stuff I'm learning about health and fitness and personal growth and mindset, but I was drinking myself into a stupor. Hmm. And think about the shame and imposter syndrome you develop when you have the answer, you have the cheat code, you know what's right, but you're actually living in direct disalignment with the answer you know is true. And you go from, ooh, listen to what I'm reading today, to afraid to even speak because you know that the moment you start judging someone based on their health and your health's out of whack, you've just exposed yourself as someone who's out of alignment and just being preachy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to make a decision to – and I'm not completely sober. I still enjoy a glass of wine. I, I like my bourbon. But I had to make a decision. Am I going to be the person that just pretends to be the Ben that he could be or actually live in alignment with the Ben I was becoming, and there's a lot of falling on the face, a lot of mistakes, a lot of false turns, war- turns working for the wrong employer, working in the wrong industry, working in the wrong role. I mean, we would have to do a whole 10-part series. My life has just been falling on my face and learning how to get back up, falling on my face and learning how to get back up. and then realizing the reason I was falling on my face is because I was drunk and stumbling. Mm. The reason I was falling on my face was my own fault. And I stopped blaming other people. I held myself accountable. Again, that sounds easy. There's a process with everything. It took a lot of time. And now today I'm much better of a man than I was, but I really don't think I'm anywhere near where I could be and will be in the future.
0: Yeah, dude, I, I love that, man. Thanks for for the vulnerability. Uh, you know, we're all a work in progress, right? No one's Perfect. Um, even those who have seemed to had everything figured out, they're still trying to get to the next level. Um, look at Will Smith, for example. <laughs> um, but you remind me of a, a quote from James Clear who wrote Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, he did, I'll add my part in the beginning. Like if I had known this, that's my part. Entrepreneurship is personal growth and self-development in disguise, if, if I had known this, I, I wouldn't have done it. Um, you sound like you're on the same path as my Dude, I was a hot mess, drinking, smoking, partying, because I had a W-2. I had a check. I, I had that weekly paycheck mm-hmm. uh, to rely on. But then when I became an entrepreneur, I was like, it, that doesn't work. Like, I can't go out drinking and hang it. Like, Who's going to hold me accountable? There's no more boss. It's just me. So I got to figure this shit out. But yeah, I'm glad you're figuring it out. I'm figuring it out with you, brother. Um, and it's a long road, man. We're we're on it, and we're doing it. And congratulations uh, to all your success and everything you're figuring it out. I know you're growing, you're expanding, you're building the team, you're building systems, processes, um, dude. I'm in your corner, man. You let me know whenever you need, and I'll let you know when I need. I, I always need. But uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this: uh, your podcast people folks real connections check it out ben albert um and please and look him up just,
1: just to clarify it's yeah. kind of long tail but it's real business connections network but if you type in real business connections it comes up real connections i haven't quite owned the google search quite yet but if you gotcha. type in real business connections it'll come up
0: yeah and and yeah point people to the right direction where where can they reach you
1: Easiest way to find – there's the realbusinessconnections.com, but I recommend people go to Balbert, B as in Ben, Albert as in Albert Einstein. Think a slightly higher IQ. <laughs> so balbertmarketing.com slash all links. It'll trip you up because there's three L's, A-L-L-L-I-N-K-S. balbertmarketing.com slash all links. That's my one page hub. So podcast, LinkedIn, Instagram, you can see my crappy TikToks. You can connect <laughs> with me, email me. My calendar is free. I, I might turn you down the second time, but I will jump on a free discovery call with anyone at any time. But com slash all links is where it all is in one spot. So come hang out where you're most comfortable. Yeah, brother. I appreciate you.
0: I appreciate what you do. Appreciate thanks you. Thanks for, yeah. Thanks for the chat, man. Talk to you soon. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at Eric at onairbrands.com. That's Eric, E R I K, at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast